0: So the information, like you said, is always there, but it's the application that's different. And, and I feel that unless you take information, you make a decision, and then you apply, nothing will change until that happens.
1: Thank you so much for tuning into the Raw and Real Show, where we talk with real people about the raw and real life stories. This is your host, Miguel Aquino. Welcome and thank you for tuning in. Our guest today, Lester Barron. He has graduated from UCLA with a degree in psychology. He is married to a wonderful woman for seven and a half years. He's an entrepreneur and a business owner of a financial firm. Thank you, Lester, for being here. How are you doing today?
0: Amazing, my brother. How are you? Thank you for having me on your amazing podcast today. You
1: know, thank you. Uh, How is your day going so far?
0: Man, I've had one of the best days of my life.
1: Talk to me about that.
0: You know, I tell everybody every day above ground is great, but every day I wake up next to my wife is even better. And um, because we get to build life together, we get to do life together, and not just her, but the people around me. I feel like the people that you surround yourself with are so important and so key in your journey. And for me, I don't surround myself with anybody who's not going to make that journey better and more experiential. So. Uh, It's a great day. Thank you.
1: Yeah, that sounds in uh, your energy just flows. I hope I hope the audience can really feel your energy that is flowing right now through the mic. I'm like, man, I I need that pump for today (laughs) because my day was a it has been a long day for me so far. And just, you know, your drive and your energy, I can feel it through. Thank you. Now, what makes you smile, Lester?
0: You know. I think at the end of the day, it, everything for us boils down to family, right? If if I ask anybody, why do you work hard? Why do you go out there every day? Why do you get up in the morning? Why do you drive two hours to a job? Why do you do everything that you do? It's I think it's to build the foundation of your life, which is it starts with happiness. And happiness stems from the things in your life that are important to you being lined up so that you could take advantage of every moment in life, right? And if you look at the most times that make you smile, the things that that make you happy they revolve around experiences with your family or experiences with people that you love you respect you care about and i love john maxwell he said most people will forget the gifts that you give them but they will always remember the places that you take them right and so if i have my if i reflect on my favorite memories it's places that i've been with my family or people that i love or my friends and so that's what makes me smile is having experiences with people that i care about
1: great thank you thank you for sharing that And thinking about it, it is true. You know, those little moments in life and in the places makes it even better. Thank you for sharing that. Now,
0: follower or leader? Definitely leader.
1: Talk to us about that.
0: You know, I think that leadership is a journey. But I, I love a quote that says, leadership is the capacity to influence others through inspiration, which is motivated by passion, which is born out of purpose. And so for me, I... I had to ask myself and dig really deeply into what is my purpose for being here on this earth. And, um, and once I found out my purpose, then I was able to to continue on the journey as an evolving leader. I don't think you ever arrive at the, at a pivotal point of leadership where you say I've made it and that's it. But for me, the journey of leadership has been one of the most rewarding with the ups, the downs, the trials, the, the victories, all of it, I feel, is one of the best parts of living. And I feel that every person, I, I believe that every person is a leader, but they haven't discovered how to be a leader yet.
1: Mm. You mentioned something that struck my head, like that. You talk about purpose. Why do you believe is your purpose in this life?
0: Oh, well, well, let me, let me take it to the very root of that question. Okay. So, for me, I had to dig deep through God's word to find my purpose. And I had to ask God, God, what is my assignment on this earth that you've put me here for, right? And so a lot of people say, well, well what, what am I going to be or what is my career going to be? I think that's the wrong question. If you ask yourself, what is my assignment that the Lord has given me? Then you're, like, then you're asking a question that's like, all right, this is my life's mission here. And so when I ask God, God, what is my assignment in this world? he gave me a very simple answer. He said, look back in my word and, and what is the assignment that Christ gave us? And that is to fulfill the great commission, right? That the gospel reached the end of the earth. So I say, oh boy, well, I can't do it by myself, but what is my small part in the gospel reaching the ends of the earth that I can play? And he gifted me, he showed me that I have a gift in the area of business. And so, okay, so I, I, I wanna help fulfill the great commission I want to help the gospel reach the ends of the earth, which means I have to be connected to my church, which means I have to use my business gifting somehow to help make that happen. And so, for me, for my my objective in all of that is to fund the gospel through my success in business.
1: Got it. Got it. Wow. You know, mo- most people always think about when he talks, and we think about the Bible. We think about the gospel. We always thinking about a pastor. We always think a missionary. We always thinking about a person that's. Probably living 24-7 in church, being Mm -hmm. there, never getting out of there. Yeah. But now you're bringing a different perspective when it comes down to purpose in life. Because you talk about your business and you talk about how are you going to be able to reach out pretty much? How are you going to be able to, uh, with your business, take the gospel to different areas? Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that is your purpose in life. That's right. To find that out.
0: Yeah, because the scripture says only what we do for God will last. Mm. Nothing else. Right. So why, why invest in any other thing when there's only one thing for, that will last forever? Now, let me shift the gears a little bit. Now, as a leader of your home,
1: as a leader of your business, can you talk to us about what is one of the hardest things that you have to deal with, but you necessarily do
0: not like to deal with? Oh, boy. You know, one of my affirmations, my daily affirmations, is I become a better people person every day. And I think that that's an equation that's always changing, it's always evolving, because everybody is different. We as human beings are complex, right? And and so you may meet someone who is, uh, you know, a very simple to deal with, but then you may meet other individuals who come with different experiences, different backgrounds, different ideologies philosophies that are different from mine. And so I, as a, a person, as a leader in the marketplace, I have to adapt to people, multiple people, multiple personalities, multiple perspectives every day. And that is the biggest challenge of life, I feel, is to become uh, a master of human nature. Wow. How would you describe success? Oh boy. <laughs>
1: or what does success looks like for Lester Byrne?
0: You know, that is a very good question, and I'll, I'll answer it with a story. You know, my dad passed away when I was 20 years, uh, 20 years old, and so I'm now 37. But the other day, my mom came to me and she said, hey, I want you to carry the mantle of this family. I said, whoa, how, how did I get picked? You're the matriarch. How did I get picked? Right. She said, no, I've seen your growth. I've seen you develop. It's time. And so she gave me an assignment. She said, you've got to put together the mission and the vision for your family, for this family. And I said, are you kidding me right now? Like, you're going to put that on me? I said, she said, yeah. So I said, okay, give me some time. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to give me wisdom. And so I was inspired by the Holy Spirit with the mission and the vision of our family.
1: Now, Lester, let me stop you right there for a second, because we have a lot of listeners that probably are not, they can't really relate to much of like the Holy Spirit, the Bible, God, you know, things along those lines. So how does that look like? How do you know that God is speaking to you? Or how do you know that this idea came from God?
0: Yeah, well, I'll tell you that um, everything around God and my relationship with him is, is just that. It's a relationship, right? And so... Uh, some of you, some people that I know because I'm in business, I'm in the secular world mostly, they say they get inspiration from the universe. People say they get inspiration from um, meditation. They get inspiration from uh, ideas or, or events that they attend. My inspiration comes from reading God's word, right? And, and for me, I understand a relationship with God means God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's my belief. And so when I read God's word, when I spend time with him, when I spend time for my inspiration, it comes from ideas that cannot come from a natural source. Mm. They come from a supernatural source, which is completely outside of me, which I sometimes don't deserve. And so when I say the Holy Spirit, I, I basically mean ideas that were downloaded to me from God.
1: <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. So now... You're having this moment of inspiration from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. How do you, what's the uh, mission and vision now with your family, that your mom is putting into you, into your hands pretty much.
0: Yeah. So talk to us about the end result there. Well, I'll share it with you. Because, you it. because what, what I, I, I literally got it on, a, on one of my prayer days. So once a week, every week, I take one day away from the office, away from everybody else. I go to the mountains where I have no cell phone reception. And I pray and I read God's word. Why do you do that? Because it's the only way that I can become successful in business. Mm. Is at that, the level that I'd like to. Right. Is that
1: something that you just implemented in your life or you always have done it? Like, how did that start it? When did you start it? <laughs> That's almost like, a, I'm going to spend this entire day for meditating. Right. Meditation time. Correct. You know what I mean?
0: Correct. So it's funny because this was an idea that I, I learned from a guy who's now a billionaire. And he started um, many businesses. The businesses got to about $2 million in revenue every year. That was the max. And then he would fail, and then he would start and fail again until one day he had a, a moment with the Holy Spirit and God, an experience of God, an encounter of God, if you want to say, and God gave him the instruction to start doing that. He went from $0 to $1 billion in 16 years in revenue. And so one of the things that he does is every week, Because we're so busy, because there's so much noise, because there's so much distraction, he decided, I'm going to go separate myself and take that time so I can get ideas into my life, into my business, into my marriage that are outside of me, that are bigger than me, that will help me forge ahead. And so that's where the idea came from. He started doing it. He challenged me to do it. And I said, I'm going to do it. And from then, it's uh, it's been consistent. Great. So great, this, great answer, yeah. Let, yeah, let, so the really vision and mission came to me one day when I was sitting, uh, when I was praying and reading the word, um, you know, in isolation. So here, here it goes. The mission of the Baron family is to identify and execute the assignments that the Lord God Almighty has bestowed upon each family member. Through prayer, proper leadership rearing, and deliberate exposure, each individual will be groomed to fulfill their life's purpose. The vision of the Baron family is to provide the essential resources and opportunities so that each generation becomes more equipped than the former. Our focus is rearing capable and trustworthy leaders who live fulfilled lives in the areas of faith, family, finance, fitness, friendship, fellowship, fun, and fruitfulness. The oath of the Baron family is to continuously pursue competent advisors in every respective area in order to surround itself with the best counsel. The objective is to expose each generation to overlapping leadership and wisdom in every area above mentioned in order to secure legacy and to expand the Family Tree's financial and giving foundation.
1: Wow. I'm inspired by your words. It makes me think, do I have a vision? It makes me ask myself, do I have a vision for my family that is so well desc- you know, yeah. put together? Yeah. And... Now, how difficult or how easy that was
0: for you? How long did it take you to put all that together? (laughs) You know, I just want to give a disclaimer here. Yeah. I am nobody special. Because that did not come from me. In my natural capacity, in my limited education, in my um, short life experience, this did not come from me. It was inspired by a force bigger than me. And honestly, I wrote it down in about 10 minutes Wow! when it came to me Wow! on my prayer day. That's because you're spending time alone with God,
1: separating one entire, life, one entire day just between you and him,
0: going to the mountains, and really spending some really good quality time. That's right. And just like everything else, whether it's a personal relationship, a business relationship, or a spiritual relationship, all of them require quality time. That is so true. That, that is a
1: great advice for, for all of us that are listening to your words. Now, diving in a little bit more, I am a person that loves to learn from other experiences. And what piece of advice would you share with someone like me that loves to learn
0: to the audience and maybe even to your younger self and why? Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, like they say, hindsight is twenty twenty vision, right? And so <laughs> I wish that You know, here's what I wish I would have done. I wish I would have surrounded myself with competent counselors and advisors earlier on in my life. Because I feel that all of us, there's no playbook for life, so to speak. There is. It's called the Bible. And I didn't read it as much when I was younger. So for me, I really wish that I had dived into the Bible earlier, especially the book of Proverbs. But... I wish that I would have um, saved more money younger. I wish that I would have invested more diversely younger. I wish that I would have um, uh, given more younger. One of the reasons I say give is because John Maxwell was, uh, you can tell I love John Maxwell, it's all about leadership. He was interviewing a billionaire in the 2008 market crash who, was, who lost $1 billion in the stock market in a day. $1 billion with a B. In one day. And the gentleman, he asked, so John said, hey, so what would you have done differently having now gone through this experience? And his answer was this. I would have given more to God because when you give to God, you can never lose. Mm. Wow. And so for me, like you could tell, I've, I've evolved to a place in my life where I understand that having nice cars is cool, mm-hmm. but it doesn't last. Having... Um, be- beautiful homes is cool, but it's not. It's not part of what I want to do as a legacy. It's not part of my mission. It's not part of my assignment, right? My assignment. If I'm gonna, you know, help take my dollars to help have the gospel reach the ends of the earth, it begins with my example, right? Right. Right. Um. Now let, let's um
1: uh, diving a little bit more because you you said you know you say yes. Yeah, you got to be able to save, invest, and be a giver. When did that take place in your life? If that advice, you would have given it to yourself. How long ago? Yep. And why would you even say that to, the, to your younger self?
0: Because I, all of us are take, born. Take me to your early oh, years. Yeah. So, some of the
1: things that you probably were doing, and then now you see you look back and you're like, hmm. That's why I'm saying this.
0: Yeah. All of us are born with different gifts, right? right? Some of us have a gift of saving. Some of us have a gift of making money. Some of us have a gift of speaking to people or whatever your gift is, right? But my gift is always a gift of vision, right? And knowing that I can accomplish things. So for me, I had to get to a point in my life where I had a balance, right? And the balance is between you knowing that, sure, I can go out and make a hundred grand, or I can go out and make 200,000 or, or half a million dollars. You, knowing that, but also having the discipline in life to know when to, to pull back on your financial resources to fund your, because there are two people that you live for. You live for the Miguel Aquino today, who's mm-hmm. in his 30s and 40s, but you also live for the Miguel Aquino who's 60 and 70 and 80 years old. So it's finding that pendulum, that balance of when do I drive and when do I pull back? When do I drive and when do I give? When do I make money and when do I, I, I focus on ministry? When, and so it's always, it's just, you, you can never always have it dead center, but the, the aim of having it in the middle, in dead center, is the key. Wow. How, when did you find that out
1: for yourself? Or how did, it, how you, did all this... Great and good information came to you. And and the thing is, I, I don't want you to misunderstand me when I said information, because information is out there. You can go, yeah. you can Google everything right now, and you will find some kind of answer or some kind of information. So when did this information start coming to yourself? And
0: did you start applying this knowledge to your life? Man, what a great question. So the information, like you said, is always there but it's the application that's different. And and I feel that unless you take information, you make a decision and then you apply, nothing will change until that happens. So this is a process, right? That I've had to go through and everybody has to go through of when they say, enough is enough of being this way. I wanna go from being like this to being like that. I wanna go from being that person to being this person. And I could tell you significant, and it probably happened in my my early to mid-30s, right? When I had a shift and it said, Lester, you have to start doing things differently. Otherwise, you cannot ever achieve the the result that you want. What were you doing in your 30s? I was already married. I got married at 30. Okay. And I was building my business. Hmm. So, but then in that process of building my business, the biggest thing that had me think this way is the exposure to mentors. Because I saw different mentors giving away 90% of their income. 90%, 90%. of their income. 90%. How are they available? I mean,
1: how can they do that?
0: Because they're making enough money, right? That's incredible. But then I saw other mentors of mine saving 90% of their income. Right. Right? So I got to see both worlds. Hmm. And so I had to say, Lester, where do you want to be in that mix? Where do, where, where, where do you want to have the example in your life? And, and what is your, where do you fit in this whole circle of life, so to speak? Right. Right? So that is an individual decision that everybody has to make as to whether they're going to decide to take action with the information that they have. Wow. I would love for
1: you to talk to me a little bit about your mentors. You said, I had mentors that they were saving 90%, but I had other mentors that they were giving away 90% of their income. Which one did
0: you take? Both. <laughs> Both, you know, um, the reason is because uh, as a business person, there are two rules of business. Okay. Number one is to stay in business and number two is to be profitable, right? Otherwise, if your business is not making a profit, you're going to go out of business, right? So, so the bottom line is I had to find that balance between the mentors on either, either end of the spectrum and say, what's going to work out for me and my future, still with my assignment in mind, still with my objectives, still with my big vision, still with my big goals, my aspirations, how am I going to achieve that? Keep my wife happy, right? Keep the family in order, not not always have money so that we're financially independent, but also do the things that I'm called to do. And so that comes with time as you start developing a strategy and a system which works for your family, plus the Holy Spirit inspiration, you'll have the right combination right? What was your wife's role? Because you
1: say you were already married. Yeah. You know, you say you were surrounding yourself with the right mentors in your life for your calling. So what was the, uh, yeah, what was your life, your wife's role? While you're surrounding yourself with mentors and you are writing down vision for your life, for your future, I am pretty sure you're including your wife, your family. But what was her role in that moment
0: in your life? You know, I was asked this question um, a few weeks ago in public, and I did not give this answer. Mm. But I'm going to give you this answer in private because this is your podcast. Thank you so much for that. We really appreciate that. so, So check this out. So one of the things that I learned, especially in 2020 with the pandemic, as we were refining our relationship and as we were refining our roles in our relationship, I realized that my wife was better at managing our money.
1: Wow. How, how, how did that happen? Talk, you got to
0: talk to us okay. about that. Okay. So you, it's, it's the same spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of you wanting to give away 90%, but you wanting to save 10%. Two right. sides of you pulling at polo opposites. Right. And then I realized that she had a gifting. With both of us are great at making money because we work together, we're together all the time. We, we're in the same business. Our offices are next to each other. We love being around each other, right? We have one of the best relationships that I've ever seen, right? But when it came to managing money and making sure that it went to its correct destination, because I'm such a driver, right? I'm the guy that's driving the train. And if there are trains on the cars on the train track, I'm going to ru- run through them. Not, not literally. I'm just saying, figure, figure it to Right, me. right, right. And then let everybody pick up the mess, right? So, but I realized that her gifting is ensuring that money goes into the right buckets for the right season and the right time. And so, so when I handed over our money, and by the way, as a man, that is a very, very big thing for a lot of men to realize. Some men think that just because they're the man, they have to control the money. That's not what it is. See who has the better gift. If it may be the man that has a better gift, or it may be the woman that has a better gift. Right. Right. So for me, I I realized I had to first have a realization that she was better in that area. And I just give up control. Wow. Now guess what? We have no money worries. Wow. I
1: mean, like like you say, you know, uh, sometimes we have this uh, machista mentality of like, I'm the man of the house. I'm the one that brings the money in. And I am the one that manages all the income. Right. But something had a shift in you. Something had you thinking, maybe she is a better person uh, managing our financial.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. You had to see something in her. Yeah. What was that? It's her gifting, right? So if my gifting is going out there, building relationships, making money, expanding our business, seeing how I can do marketing, and then I'm so busy doing all that, that the money things are falling by the wayside, and she's saying, hey, I can, I can help with this, mm. right? And she doesn't say it in a, oh, let me take over, but I, oh, I could do that. Then it's like, oh, yeah, that's a no-brainer, yeah, here. And then I see her do it, and I say, oh, my gosh, she did this, and then, so I say, what about this, and what about that? She's like, yeah, just give it to me, here it is. And so I take that out of my plate so that I never focus on money. Mm. I only focus on serving people. Now. Was that
1: part of you humbling yourself, in a way, into marriage, uh, accepting her gifting, but at the same time, stepping probably your ego aside, putting your ego aside and be like, you know what? She's better at managing money than myself.
0: Yep. Because ego stands for edging God out, Mm. right? And so guess what? If 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 God is going to be the center stone of my marriage, of my relationship, He has to be the one to direct me to say, hey, Lester, hey, wake up. He will reveal it to me again, right? All this outside forces inspiring me, Mm. right? To say, hey, hey, look at, just just take a look at her. Look at what she's good at. Why don't you let her do what she's good at and you do what you're good at. And then the two will become one again in another way. And then you could keep going faster, further, together, stronger. Thank you, Lester. The reason that I asked that question
1: is because I know there's a lot of marriages that struggle and one of the biggest issues they have is money. Yes. Yeah. You know, by you being able of giving the financial, bringing in your wife to the financial part of your family, not your life, but your family, because now you got to be thinking, well, yes, she's my wife, but I'm thinking about a future family that I'm going to be having with her. Right. And this is her part. Yeah. This is her input into our family. Correct. Our future family. Yeah. Now, Something that struck my imagination here and I started thinking is what is that key for the great relationship you have acquired with your wife during these seven and a half years that you guys have been married?
0: Wow. Wow, 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 wow. That question has a lot of answers. But I will tell you that again, I'm not a pastor. I'm a businessman. But my relationship in every aspect of my life stems with being standing on God's word. Mm. And for me, it's at the end of the day, if you ask me, if I were to leave this earth today, what would my wife say at my funeral? What would she say at my funeral? How, 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 would, she, how would she describe her husband if, 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 she, if this was my, if, if, I, if I went away today forever, right? Went to heaven. What would she say at my, in, in my eulogy about me? How would she what, what impact would I have on her with all her future decisions in her life? So for me, on a physical level, I want my wife to be as attracted to me as possible. And me to be as attractive to her as possible. Not natural attraction, but internal attraction. Who I am and who I am becoming. Because we're not human beings, we're human becomings. Right. Right? So for me, it's like, I want to have that relationship so pure. And it, comes, it stems from communication. And over the years, we've refined that communication to the point where, because here's where I see people make a mistake. If something bugs them, they sweep it under the rug and they never, they never address it. And, and going back to, to relationships, whether it's business relationship, marriage relationship, friendships, it's the little things in communication that degrade relationships. It, it's true. And so for me, I never wanted my wife and I to have, any type of feeling inside of us that is not pure, where she cannot look me in my eyes and I cannot look her in her eyes. I always wanted to look at, look at me and say, We are 100% truthful with each other, mm. open, honest, you know, available to speak. Conflict is okay, right? So it can get resolved, resolution to conflict. So for me, it's always that pursuit. I tell my friends, one of my lifelong missions. It's to keep her in the honeymoon phase our entire marriage. Wow.
1: And, and I mean, that, that, that is kind of difficult.
0: <laughs> Are you kidding me? Right? Yeah. That,
1: that, that is kind of <laughs> difficult because um, in our last episode, we were talking with Pastor Aaron. Mm. And, and he said, "I want my dream is to grow old with my wife. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and the question I asked is like, so... What, what's your plan behind that? Are you guys thinking to like retire someplace? He's like, no. I need to focus. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's his word. And, and fo- I need to focus on how are we going to do those things yes. together? Yes, yes. You know, and as a, as a businessman, as a family leader, it makes me think that your priorities, you know what your priorities are. Yep. Yeah. You know what your own personal values are, yep. not your business values, but your own personal values are. That's right. And sometimes as guys, as men, we don't think about those things. Yeah. We just live in life like, okay, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to do my part and then I'm going to come back home. Uh, my wife's supposed to be feeding me, uh, you know, clean the house and all those things.
0: Yeah. What piece of advice would you share with us as a man? Wow. You know, think about the, your honeymoon. Think about your honeymoon. My wife and I had the, the privilege of taking two weeks for our honeymoon. Great, Right? Congratulations. Thank you. Where do you guys go? Dominican Republic. Punta oh. Cana. We went to Punta Cana. Mm-hmm. Right? So we got an all-inclusive resort for two weeks. One day on, one day off. One day on, one day off. So one day we did an excursion. The next day we spent together. Mm. The next day we did an excursion, the following day we spent together. And for two weeks, I dated my wife every day on our honeymoon. So think about that. If you want your marriage to last, they say, do what you did when you first met the person. So as a man... Can you repeat that again before we continue? Yeah. If if you want your marriage to last, do the things that you did when you were first dating your spouse. So as a man, here's what I do as the director of the emotional intelligence of my relationship, (laughs) right? (laughs) (laughs) I have to do what? Take her on vacation every year, right? I have to make sure that as a provider, we get beyond the money. Again, you you mentioned it. The money is the, if you take away money challenges from a relationship, think about how amazing that relationship is. So as a provider or even a presider, whichever you want to call it, you have got to get, find a way to make sure that your household is secure, stable, steady, rock-solid financially. And then that will free you up to go on vacations every year. That will free you up to date her. Well, so for me, my standard is I take my wife on a date every Sunday.
1: After, you guys after
0: we go to church. We just go to lunch or dinner. Right? That's it. I just take her out. I do what I did when I first met her. Hmm. Right. So I just every Sunday I date my wife. We have 52 dates per year. Wow. So you, is that like something that you guys have scheduled? It is or... scheduled. Every
1: Sunday is our faith and family day. You know, let me ask you this now. I, I mean, in, in, it's going to fall along those lines because you are a leader that is. Busy, productive. And I use use the word busy, productive because sometimes we can be busy doing a whole lot of nothing. That's right. Or we can be very focused and be productive. That's right. Okay, So you are a leader that is busy, productive. How does your schedule look like for an entire week? Does your wife have access to it? Or is it only you that have access to it now that you're a married man? And your focus in life is probably different. Then, like you shared years ago,
0: yes, absolutely. So we do have a shared calendar. It's a Google calendar, and every any given moment of the day, she can open up my phone and see where I am. Her phone and see where I am, right? And so, just like everything else, just like I plan being with you today, I have to plan her date every Sunday. But everybody around me who knows me knows that they cannot reach me on Sunday, right? So they say if you're going to be successful at anything, business, personal, family, whatever. Everybody who knows you ought to know what you do, mm. right? So anybody who's in business with me will not call me on a Sunday to say, help me with this business. No, they won't because they know I'm in church and I'm on a date with my wife. Great. Thank you. Lester, how will you introduce
1: yourself to the audience, who you are, <laughs> what you do, and where can we find out more about yourself?
0: I, I want to I start that answer with a quote and I wrote it down. So I'm going to read it out loud. I noticed okay. you have,
1: uh, you know, a few notes there. It, it,
0: you know, before we close,
1: I want to ask you that. Yeah. You know, like, you have a whole list of quotes. How many do you have there?
0: Uh, this is about 300 quotes. Wow. Yeah. At least 300, maybe 350. Why so many, and
1: what are those quotes about, and what do you do with them?
0: Because I internalize them so that I can be better for other people, right? I can pass on wisdom. If a, if a 17-year-old came to me today and he said, Lester, I'm having trouble with my parents, I can have an answer for him. If a 50-something-year-old came to me and said, hey, Lester, you know, I have this trouble with this money situation, I have an answer for him. So it's wisdom that I've read about or learned about or heard about on podcasts that I keep in my notes so that I can be better for other people. Thank you. You're welcome.
1: Now introduce yourself.
0: I'm Lester Barron. (laughs) I'm a man of service. And I choose and decide every day of my life to serve people to make this world a better place. My intention is to touch people in their business, in their finances. My wife and I own a financial firm and we help people achieve their dreams through great financial stewardship. And so I love the quote, it says, if you want help, help others. If you want trust, trust others. If you want love, give it away. If you want friends, be one. If you want a great team, be a great teammate. That's how it works. And so every day, I strive to become the best version of myself. And in our practice, as we help Clients come on board and save money to buy a house, save money for their kids' college, save money for retirement, or whatever else they want to do, vacation, travel, right? I seek to be the best version of myself so that I can be the most competitive person in the marketplace to provide the best service. And that's what differentiates me from everybody else. Some people say, I work with the best company, that doesn't matter to me. Some people say, I have the best product, that doesn't matter to me. My service of others is my value. And that's who I am.
1: Great. Thank you. Tell me about your background history. Where are you coming from?
0: Oh, my gosh. Your family. I came from a very small island in the Caribbean called Dominica. Mm. And I migrated to California in the United States when I was 15 years old. I went to a very small school you've probably never heard of before, but it's called UCLA. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And, And the truth is, while I was at UCLA, I was in my last year about to graduate. My father passed away at age 50 and I was 20 years old and I left school. It was a huge shock. It happened overnight. I flew back to the Caribbean and in seven months, we lost everything. It took my parents 40 plus years to build. Wow. And my mom was heartbroken. The family was devastated. I came back here looking for answers. I was very confused about why we lost it all. And my passion in the pursuit of that answer for finding out why my parents lost everything they built over 40 years led me to the financial world. And because I know what it feels like to lose a parent, because I know what it feels like to have a bank manager tell you they're going to take away your assets, I have vowed my life's mission in my work to helping others avoid these pitfalls.
1: Wow. Any last words you would like to say to your audience? Oh, my gosh.
0: You know, none of us is perfect. That's for sure. But if every day you strive to achieve the best version of yourself, that's when you're living. And so I want to encourage everybody to live. Live through the mistakes. Live through the trials, the tough times, the, 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 the hardships. Live through the tough conversations. Live through being real, being a real friend. Live through, through being on this earth and making an impact and a difference. And, and once you decide that I'm going to be that person, again, it comes with a the decision, then everything else is easy because once you decide... It doesn't matter what challenges are in front of you. All that matters is that you have a made-up mind. Thank you so much,
1: Lester, for being here. Thank you, the audience, for being here and listening and sharing this podcast with your friends and families. Keynotes are going to be down in your notes if you like to follow along some keynotes. And, um, Lester, where can we find out more about yourself?
0: Yes, so you could Google me, Lester Barron, L-E-S-T-E-R-B-A-R-O-N. Just Google my name. And you'll find me in the financial arena. You'll see me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Just Google my name. You'll find me. And um, our website is Virtuity Financial Partners. So there you go. Thank you. This has been Raw and
1: Real. And remember, guys, life is raw and real. So long. This has been Raw and Real with real people and real life stories. Thanks again for tuning in. And remember this. You can spend your life any way you want to, but you can only spend it once. Spend it wisely.